And now, it's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. And welcome to part two of episode 120 of the Lace Them Up podcast. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett Dubuff. Joined once again by Chris Wassel. Uh, Chris, thanks again uh, for your time. Uh, we uh, went through the Eastern Conference in part one. Now we're going to go on to the Western Conference where we got some juicy matchups as well. Uh, Brett, uh, what's the first one we're previewing today? Yeah, so the first one we're previewing is the Nashville Predators and the Colorado Avalanche. The Nashville Predators are the uh, congratulations to them. They won the President's Trophy. Um, so they don't even have to play the playoffs anymore. They can just uh, hang up their laurels. All the way through. Yeah, they just got the President's Trophy. They already won everything. Um, the unfortunate part is that doesn't seem to matter now. No, no, it doesn't. Yeah, I think the president's like I think the president's trophy winner hasn't won the cup in like I think it's like something since like 1998 or something like that since like the Red Wings. I know the last I know the last team to make the finals when they won the president's trophy was the 2011 Canucks and Brett. I think we all know how that turned we out. We do know that, although. Well, I guess technically the Blackhawks in 2013 had the most points that year, but it was a lockout shortened season, so I don't know if you count that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a full season. Yeah. I would like, from a Bruins fan, I would like to put that season as an asterisk as well. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. We're full of, we're full of, uh, we're full of snipes this uh, today. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so we have the Nashville Predators and the Colorado Avalanche. Um, it's kind of, these are like the tale of like two different teams, it feels like, because at the, you know, at the start of the season, we were wondering if the Predators could potentially win the cup and, you know, um, like how good they've played uh, last playoffs. You know, they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. They almost beat the Penguins. Um, you know, and and we kind of just got introduced to this team with guys like Philip Forsberg, Victor Arvidsson, of course, P.K. Subban, Roman Yossi, uh, Ryan Johansson, um, even guys like Kevin Fiala this year, and uh, Steve's favorite player, Kyle Turris. Um, and now, you, you know, you also add into their defensive depth with Ryan Ellis and Matthias Ekholm, and then, of course, I can't, I'd be remiss to announce they also have Pekka Rene. Um, and then this is, this is opposed to the Colorado Avalanche, where they have the worst record in franchise history, um, in, oh, in franchise history and in the post-lockout era last year. Um, and uh, now they, uh, they made the playoffs, which is quite incredible. Um, a lot of that had to do with Nathan McKinnon, who has been who has finally reached his potential. He had 97 points in 74 games. Uh, Mika Rantanen and Gabriel Landeskog, who were his line mates, were also pretty good. Um, Rantanen had 84 points in 81 games, and Landeskog had 62 points in 78 games. Um, you also have a guy like Tyson Berry, who's, uh, who's been decent. He has 57 points in 68 games. Eric Johnson, who is injured, which we'll get into in a second. Um, he had 25 points in 62 games. You also have Alexander Kerfoot, who, uh, who's been okay. 
um, 43 points in 79 games. It's, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of weird guys here. Um, and then you have um, their goalie situation um, where Varlamov has actually been pretty good, um, although he's been injured. He's injured too. Um, he has a save percentage of 920 and a winning record of 24, 16, and 6. And then you have Jonathan Bernier, who has taken his place, um, who's been decent, but not as good as Varlamov. Um, Bernier has 913 save percentage and a GAA of 2.85 GAA. Oh, that, I just said GAA twice. Um, and a winning and a record of 19, 13, and 3. Um, so, so there is that. Um, of course, as I just mentioned, uh, uh, a couple of things to note. One of the main reasons why um, the Avalanche were able to make the playoffs this year after the like a terrible season last year um, was uh, you had a guy like Eric, a healthy Eric Johnson for most of the year, um, who was able to be that defensive powerhouse for them um, and plug in a lot of time on ice. And then you also have Varlamov, who's been really good too, um, as I just mentioned his stats. And they're both injured, so that kind of... Um, so now they're like, you know, now you have a one line, basically, in, in McKinnon, Rantanen, and Landeskog, um, trying to uh, defeat this juggernaut of the Nashville Predators. Um, I feel like, um, I mean, I, I've been going last this entire time, which is fine, but I feel like this is the most lopsided um, series of, of the eight that we're, we're going to cover um, just purely because of those, just because of those injuries and the Predators are a juggernaut, as I've mentioned before. So um, let's go with Chris to start things off. Okay. As, as the unabashed president of the Philip Forsberg fan club, <laughs> uh, no, no, notice the amount of alliteration that we, we used here, which, which is rare. Yeah. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, I, I have, have to look this up. The, does Nashville play a game in the series on a Tuesday? This, this is a good question. Uh, let me look this up. Uh, I, can... I, don't think they, I don't think they do, actually. I can um, I'm curious. Up. I'm curious to know the secret stat because they I do. feel if, like they're at very good or very good day. If they go, if they play Game Seven, if that happens, it would be that's what I thought. Yeah, that's not. So that's not. That's out. All right. The, the, wait, wait. Now I'm curious. Why? Why is this a significant thing? Yeah. Okay. About Phil Forsberg's first year in, in Nashville, we 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 kind of un or inadvertently stumbled onto, well, God, this guy scores a lot on Tuesday. Uh, matter of fact, in 17 Tuesdays, his rookie season, he had 24 points, which was more than any other day of the week. And it kind of has carried over every season. On Tuesday, Fors- some of Forsberg's best games of his career have been on a Tuesday. It just, oh. you know, you, again, it's one of those things that's like, okay, one season you kind of go, well, you know, it's – just a fluke. Two seasons, eh, it's getting to be three seasons. Okay, we we had enough. It's it's kind of a. Trend. I will say that I'm looking we, at his splits right now, and it says that he has 17 points in 16 games on Thursday, 
And on Tuesday, yeah, he does have a really good Thursday. Yeah, and on Saturday, and on Tuesday, he has eleven points in fifteen games. So maybe he's not as good. Yeah, it's it's a little bit different this year, uh, just because they played less games on Tuesday. One less game, but yeah, fair enough. Here, here's 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 the here's the thing that you know people have to go go into the series with. Nashville doesn't just have an embarrassment of riches. They have the embarrassment of riches uh, go, going going into the postseason. Um, this has been one of – it's funny. This has been one of Forsberg's better years, and he's only played 67 games. That, that's what's scary. He actually has 64 points in 67 games this year, and it may have been one of the more cool. – next to Nico Rantan's 84-point season and maybe Kyle Connors' 30 goals. This may be one of the more quiet seasons Forsberg has had. And yet, offensively and defensively, this has been one of his best seasons, period. Which should scare the bejesus out of anybody uh, come playoff time, considering he had nine goals. He had nine goals last year um, and did a lot of it without Ryan Johansson. Uh, look, Mike Sullivan said this best last year. The one guy that he feared on Nashville more than anybody else was Philip Forsberg. And Colorado has no answers for him. Although I will say this, guys, for as many minutes as Eric Johnson heats up, he's a train wreck. <laughs> he really is a train wreck at times on the ice. For better or for worse, the Colorado Avalanche is as good or better without him on the ice, um, at least playoff-wise. Not during the regular season, because the regular season, you need somebody to heat those minutes. Uh, but during the playoffs, not not so much. And, and again, you know, Nashville extremely strong on the power play. Um, the one and only concern I would have, guys, if you're a Nashville fan in this series, Nashville takes a metric ton of penalties. They they are the new they are the new Anaheim and Winnipeg basically. They, they've been pretty much top three in the league in penalties taken all year. Which is shocking when you consider that they have the best top four D arguably in the league. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I I looked it up historically, and it's just like, wow, they, they're really they've really taken that many penalties compared to, you know, say for say for average. Uh, if you if you flop this out to say like the the maybe the lockout the first season after the lockout the full season lockout. They would be still in the top five in penalties taken. It's pretty. It's pretty. It, it's something else. Um, but they're too good. And if Varlamov had been in the series and healthy, yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna lie, guys. I, I would give Colorado a better chance. You, you just can't. As much as, as much as you want to, and as impressive. As impressive as Colorado's run has been, there is no way I can sit there with a clear conscience and say that the series goes more than five games. Um, again, special team, every every metric, every metric you go over, offense advantage Nashville, defense advantage Nashville, power play advantage Nashville, penalty kill advantage <laughs> Nashville. Goaltending, Goal uh, advantage Nashville. Yeah, intangibles, advantage Nashville. 
mm. Nashville and fine. Well, that's it. Right. There's really no other done. Uh, Steve, what is your your take? Or I assume you're similar to Chris's prediction. I'm I'm echoing similar sentiments to what Chris said. I give full kudos to Colorado for even getting this far. I'm jealous that they're doing all this without Matt Duchesne. Like, <laughs> who would have guessed that after a season they had last year, they go up by 40-plus points and reach the postseason like they did. And I... I I'm gonna go on full. I'm 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 gonna go full on record and say, between St. Louis and Colorado, I thought Colorado wasn't gonna make the playoffs in the final week of regular season because they're going up against every team that was fighting to clinch a playoff spot, and they did it anyway, and they got in because they beat St. Louis on home ice, and they earned the right to be in this position right now. Uh, the way Mika Rantanen's been playing. The way McKinnon's been playing, the way Landish Cog's been playing, I didn't expect this kind of year. Um, and they really proved a lot of people wrong. But they're not forcing a sixth or seventh game here. Like, the Preds have scored at least 50 goals in the back end. That's amongst the NHL's best. As Chris alluded to, Forsberg is stepping up his game right now. Ryan Johansson closed out the regular season on a high note. And if the Avs' top line is going to have a tough time solving Green A, chances are their bottom six is going to have an even tougher time doing the exact same thing. And, of course, those two key entries that we mentioned, it would be the internet would break if Colorado swept Nashville, let alone won this series. It's just not going to happen Nashville in the five. Yeah, I I hate saying, like, Nashville's going to sweep. I just hate, like, declaring sweeps. Um, I, I agree with all you guys in, the, in their sentiment as well. Um, so I'm going to say Nashville in five as well. It is kind of interesting that I don't think we, at the time of the Matt Duchesne trade, I don't think we predicted that the Predators and the uh, Avalanche would be the two teams in the playoffs and and let alone playing each other in the first round. So. Yeah, that's the crazy part, too. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Kyle Turris and Sam Gerrard, um, I guess kudos to you guys. Um, but, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I think it's it's one of those things. If if uh, Eric Johnson and Varlamov were healthy, I think it would be a little bit closer, but I'd still give the edge to Nashville. Um, and kudos to Colorado for, you know, coming back and proving that last year was a fluke. Um, but at the same time, I, I just don't think um, they will be able to pull off this upset um, of grand proportion um, against the Predators. But you know, if we, this upset if this upset gets pulled off, yeah. it's five times as bigger as Nashville uh, sweeping Chicago last year. And also, we have no credibility. If, if we, uh, yeah, if exactly <laughs> that so too. We're, we're basing our entire podcast <laughs> on this. Um, that's a no pressure. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Uh, hope you can get it done, Nashville. Um, Winnipeg, uh, let's go to the next series, Winnipeg and Minnesota. This is going to be kind of an interesting matchup because um, Winnipeg, well, I guess Winnipeg was, they, they didn't make the playoffs last year either, but, you know, they, they also have about as much depth as the Predators do. Um, with the addition of uh, Kyle Connor, um, and also with the uh, insurgence of Connor Hellebuck, who's been uh, phenomenal this year. Um, thank you for my fantasy teams, Connor Hellebuck. Um, but um, he, 
Um, and then, uh, and then you also have Blake Wheeler, who's really underrated, Patrick Laine, Nikolai Ellers, uh, Mark Shifley, of course, Dustin Bufflin, who's been pretty good, um, in the second half. Um, Wheeler has 91 points, Laine has 70 points and 44 goals, Ellers 60 points, Shifley also 60 points in 60 games, and no less, and Kyle Connor, as I mentioned before, he has 57 points in 76 games. Um, and then you also have guys like, um, <clears throat> their, their defense is also pretty good. They have Dustin Bufflin, as I mentioned, 45 points. Um, Tyler Myers, who's kind of gone under the radar with 36 points. Um, the, uh, you know, Jacob Truba, um, although he's, you know, he missed about 30 games, uh, but he has 24 points in 55 games. That's not terrible for defensemen. Um, so, um, yeah, I think that, that, um, and then you go on to the other end for Minnesota, um, you have uh, Eric Stahl, um, who's, who's amazingly um, has 76 points, 42 goals. We all thought he was done even a year ago, even though he had a pretty decent uh, season last year. But we all thought, like, oh, there's no way he can do this again. Um, but Yeah, we thought the best of him was gone, yeah. Exactly. But now um, it seems like... Th- I think this is his career year. Maybe this is his second best year, perhaps. But anyway, it's the same to his career year for sure. Um, he has seventy six points in um eighty two games. Um, you also have Michael Granlin uh, with sixty seven points in seventy seven games. Um, I feel like though a lot of these guys have been kind of had down years. Uh, Nino Niederreiter had thirty two points in sixty three games, especially. Uh, Zach Parise kind of picked it up late in the season. Um, of course, he was he was uh, he he missed the first half, um, but he had 24 points in 42 games. Ryan Suter um, has been really good, 51 points. Matt Dumba, 50 points. Um, Charlie Coyle has 37 points. Uh, Jared Spurgeon, who um, missed a lot of uh, games and will probably miss the, most of the playoffs. Um, has late. 37 points. Late on that one. <laughs> yeah, very late on that one. Yeah, 37 points in 61 games. Um, Devin Dubnik, um, and then we go to goaltending we have here. Uh, Devin Dubnik has, is uh, 35-16-7 and seven with a GAA of 2.52 and a save percentage of 918. Um, so... Um, I think this will actually. I I forgot that I should do my predictions last. So, Steve, uh, what is your take on this series? Well, as far as hockey, I don't think anything's going to beat this. Like these two have not faced each other in a postseason environment prior to this year, but both fan bases are some of the energetic that I've seen in the NHL. I would say uh, both are one of the most hockey mad in the entire league. Uh, the Jets have got a lot of talent from top to bottom. So does Minnesota. Yeah, Patrick Laine, a 40-goal scorer. Eric Stahl, also scoring 40-plus goals this year. And both teams have relied on their defensive structure to make themselves successful. Um, And when it comes down to it at the end of the day, I think special teams is going to be a huge difference maker. Uh, um, uh, 
I, I think two key factors more than anything are going to play into Winnipeg's favor. I'm going to say Winnipeg in six games. I'm going to tell you why. First off, we have the hot topic that we've been talking a lot about on the podcast and probably will continue to talk about, and that's which goaltender is going to be the better goalie. And Connor Hollebuck, to his credit, he recorded 44 wins to surpass Barrasso for most wins by an American goalie in an NHL campaign. Uh, Devin Dubnik, meanwhile, he had a much better end to the season than he did last year. But I think fatigue, um, weathering the storm, I think is going to be the biggest issue for, for both sides. And I think Winnipeg's just got too much firepower, and I think Devin Dubnik's going to be swarmed. Uh, to Kingdom Come, and I, I think that's going to be uh, a big difference. And the reason I say that brings me to point number two, and that's the absence of Ryan Suter. As soon as Ryan Suter went down with that season-ending injury, I'm just like, okay, Minnesota's in big trouble if they get a tough draw, and they get Winnipeg. And that's why I'm saying Winnipeg in six games. I forgot to mention yeah, that Ryan Suter's also out, so <laughs> that that also puts a... And out for longer, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Chris, what, what, do you have a similar take? Yeah. The the, the one good thing, I guess, for Minnesota fans is that Jared Spurgeon is amazingly skated today. Oh, did he? I didn't even know that. Yes. As hard as it is to believe coming off a partially torn hamstring. Yep. He did skate today. He is questionable for game one, which even last week was, huh? Yeah. No, that, that shouldn't happen. <laughs> the problem with Minnesota guys is this. They're awful on the road. They're not good away from home. <laughs> and even, look, look, basically the Minnesota-St. Louis series from a couple years back was just an exercise in Jake Allen beating them repeatedly, which you would never say that now based on how the season turned out for St. Louis. This is where it gets fun. Winnipeg's depth is among the best in the Western Conference next to Nashville, period. There's really little in dispute of that. Their power play has improved throughout the season um, to the point where people forget that this is a power play that clicked on over 25% of their opportunities since January 1st. Um, among all playoff teams, score the most goals at home. They score, look, this is a team that was 37, 30, they won 32 times at home this year. 32. So they were 32-7-2 at home. This is their first playoff appearance in Winnipeg. That place is actually their, It's actually their I know, second. I know, but this is the first one with actual expectations they weren't right, expected okay. to do anything yeah the actual expectations part yeah you're right you're right yeah sorry continue. Damn it, let me finish do it, do it. <laughs> but all, all joking aside look they scored 20 goals in the last five games they won five straight connor Olivuk has had a career year and and thank god paul maurice finally figured out that andres pavlich is not the answer never will be the answer <laughs> for the sake of all humanity uh, but the important thing is Winnipeg has taken a few less penalties this year. They're still a little bit undisciplined. Gee, I've heard this before with, with Nashville, but you, 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 they're they're a bit they're a bit healthier. I, I know 
Jacob Truba can be injured at a moment's notice, and it's been an it's just been an unfortunately bad season for him as as far as health. And we'll see if he can go. Uh, it seems like he could. Uh, Tobias Enstrom may go as well. That's questionable, uh, but you know, it it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's too crucial at least for this series. Uh, when you consider that Minnesota is without Ryan Suter and probably won't have 100% Jared Spurgeon. Even if Spurgeon plays, he's not going to be 100%. True. Uh, and, and, and that's a fact that has to be considered. Uh, you also have to look at the fact that Minnesota, literally every single metric is just a, a disaster on the road. Uh, 18, only 18% conversion rate on the power play. Only a 78.1% penalty kill on the road. Uh, they give up over 3.4 goals a game on the road. And they're going into probably the big, I would argue the biggest home ice advantage this playoffs. Yeah. And you have a top nine in Winnipeg that can scare the bejesus out of anybody, even arguably Nashville. I, I this was this was the second closest for a sweep for me, but I can't just because of Devin Dubnik and, and the fact that you figure Minnesota is at least going to will one game, yeah, yeah with, without a problem. So I do have Winnipeg in in five games, and I highly look forward to seeing what a guy like Kyle Connor can do um, in his first playoffs. Yeah, that should be fun. Um, the um... Yeah, for me, it is kind of interesting how both these teams uh, took their goalie who, like, previously looked like they never would be um, what we projected them to be. And David Dubnik had, like, I mean, particularly David Dubnik, who went to, like, three other teams before he landed in Minnesota where he just wasn't great and he had to... uh, um, you even had to endure the Edmonton media and all that stuff. So, um, and then Connor Hellebuck. I mean, of course, he didn't have a um, as bad of a time as David Newnick did at the start of his career. But like, well, I was just looking at his stats, or like the last two seasons before this, and like he, they <laughs> they weren't good um, per se. He had a nine oh seven save percentage. I mean, I guess his rookie year, he had a 9.18 save percentage, but that was in 26 games, so I don't know. That's kind of, it's iffy, but in a full season last year, he had a 9.07 save percentage, and then this year, he has a 9.24 save percentage and a GA of 2.36. Um, yeah, and I think, like, as Steve mentioned before, that this whole series is going to come up to um, goaltending. And uh, like it has for a lot of things. And I am a little bit nervous about uh, Hellebuck in the future, um, just in terms of like how consistent he can be. Um, but um, I do think they have, a, like, the Winnipeg Jets are good enough to beat the Wild um, in this round, um, per se. Um, even if Hellbuck does struggle a bit. So um, I'm going to say, yeah, the Jets in... Uh, I'm going to say Jets in five as well, um, just because um, the Ryan Suter injury is going to be a... is a big loss for the Wild, and 
Um, I don't know. I, I feel like the Jets have way more depth than the Wild do. Um, and, I, and I'm not necessarily... And even with, if Jared Spurgeon comes back, I'm not sure if that's enough. I do love Jared Spurgeon as well, but um, it's I just don't think that he will be a diff- as much of a difference maker um, to to uh, to win to win the series over. Um, all right, let's go to the Pacific Division here. Um, <laughs> this is another one of those games where series where um, we had two different kind of uh, seasons. I guess not really different seasons last year compared to this year, but, uh, well, for one, Vegas, uh, wasn't even a team last year, um, but they, uh, they managed to, uh, win, uh, their division, um, and they had 51 point, uh, 51 wins, 24 losses, and seven, uh, ties, um, a lot to do with the backing of William Carlson, who had 43 goals um, and 78 points, and Jonathan Marchessault, who has 75 points in 77 games. Um, that's pretty good. Although, I guess a lot of people were expecting, you know, way back when, if the Vegas Knights were going to be good, it would be on the backing of James guys like James Neal and David Perron. Um, and not that those guys haven't been bad, but Jonathan Marchessault and William Carlson have been um, even better um, and, uh, so Perron has 66 points in 70 games. Halla, uh, or James Neal has 44 points, um, in 71 games. Um, we also have Riley Smith, um, another Florida, former Florida player, uh, 60 points in 67 games. And then you also have Eric Halla, um, who has 55 points in 76 games. Um, and then on the defensive side of things, um, Colin Miller, um, who uh, a former Boston Bruin, uh, 41 points in 82 games. And he also used to be a former L.A. King prospect um, before he got traded to Boston in that uh, Milan Lucic deal, if you guys remember that. And then uh, Nate Schmidt as well has 36 points in 76 games. Um, and then uh, another reason why the uh, Knights have been really good was uh, the backing of Mark Andre Fleury. Um, he went 29, 13, and four. Um, he has a save percentage of 9.27 and a GAA of 2.24. Um, and then we go on to the LA Kings, which seems they've kind of flown under the radar a bit. Um, Anse Kopitar has 92 points in 82 games. So that's um, that's actually, that's kind of surprising. I didn't realize he had 92 points, um, in 82 games. Um, so he's been really good, uh, for a full year. Um, and then you have, uh, Dustin Brown of all people, 61 points, um, in 81 games. Drew Dowdy, 60 points. Um, Tyler Toffoli has 47. Jake Muzzin has 42. Um, Tanner Pearson has 40 points. Um, I should say that uh, Jake Muzzin played uh, a couple of games less than Toffoli and Pearson, uh, 74 points. So 42 points in 74 games for Jake Muzzin. Um, And then you also have a guy like Jeff Carter who missed a lot of the season, um, but then managed to play the last 27 games 
um, and got 22 points at, uh, and 13 goals in 27 games. That's quite impressive, uh, to say the least. Um, and he could be a, a underrated factor in all that stuff. Um, I know the Vegas Golden Knights have kind of uh, trailed off uh, towards the end of their season, but um, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of tough to say that they uh, they should be completely taken uh, counted out because of that, because uh, we kind of counted them out before the season started. So and all that. So let's go with uh, Chris to start things off in previewing this series. Okay, the first rule the first rule of LA guys is don't count out LA. Um, this is where it gets this is where it gets really crazy as far as making predictions. Only because we have no idea how Vegas is going to do. Yep. There's there's no way there's no way of knowing. It's their first year, they win they win the division, they and they're they're pretty much up until the last week, two weeks or so, they were in contention for not only finishing with the best record in the conference, but the best record in the league. Yeah. That, 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 there's no way we can even try to quantify what they're going to do playoff-wise because it's been house money since about game 50. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it really has. Um, you look at this, they had, a, they had, a hundred, they had 109 points. Which is you know just eight back in Nashville. I mean, for 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 perspective, let's see. That's better than Toronto, better than Washington. All those pretty much the only teams that were better: Tampa, Boston, Winnipeg, Nashville. That's it. Fifth best record in the league, and yet they're not going to win the series. This is why. There's something to be said about the Los Angeles Kings. Almost like just Jason Voorhees that keeps coming back from the dead. They keep bouncing back. And look, to be honest, I had given up on L.A. at the start of the season. I really did. Especially when Jeff Carter went down so early. It's like, oh, here comes the early year in, in injury again. You know, Carter's out, probably going to be out four months with the, you know, with the laceration in his Achilles. And uh, it, it's just, com- it's complete disaster. No, that didn't happen because basically through the first half of the season, Los Angeles had the had a, a historically good penalty kill. And some guy named Jonathan Quick, who has been brilliant all season pretty much, even with LA's numbers tailing off a little bit, and that's because their offense has been unexpectedly good this year and ridiculously good. I mean, look, we, we said it just, just before. Dustin Brown had been fired around 25 to 30 points for, what, four or five seasons? Yeah. Bounces back to 61 like it's 2012 all over again. I mean, the, la- the last time Dustin Brown had a really good playoff was 2014 when he had 14 points in 26 games and literally was one of the main reasons why they, they won the Stanley Cup. So, I, I, you know, I, I went back and I looked at this a little bit. Jonathan Quick has not had a season this good since, God, I'm going to say it again, 2012. And and to boot, and this is kind of a good thing, he played 400 less minutes than that season. To be fair, yes, he's played 64 games. I can't believe I'm saying 64 games is a lot for a goalie these days, which still is something that 
blows people's minds, but his numbers have been excellent. And again, best goalie point share since 2012. Um, you know, you, you go up and down the line. The numbers overall are just... I'll take Kopitar as an MVP candidate, guys. One of about many 360, yeah. or at least it feels like that. But the bottom line is Kopitar has been much better than last year. Um, shooting a little bit. It's not even that he's shooting a little bit more, guys. It's his. It's the shot selection in along with the boost in the rate itself. So let's put it this way. He had this year averaged about three quarters of a shot more attempted a game. But he also has 20% higher high danger scoring chances and scoring chances. It's not just the shots. It's where you take the shots as well. And that's something that LA with Pierre Turgeon as their quote unquote offensive coordinator in year two have excelled brilliantly. And that's something that can't be overlooked in the series. Um, one thing that scares me a little bit from you know from a Vegas side is the adrenaline factor. Vegas, let, let's face it, they have a top six that has exceeded anybody's expectations. They've all had career years. I mean, there's a level of just everything coming into focus in one at one point and one brilliant sort of supernova. And this may be this year for 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 Vegas. Every single metric is above what anybody predicted. The scary part is this. Guess whose year also has been above any other metric? Hi, my name is Anze Kopitar, (laughs) who is shooting at 17.5% this year, and the last time he did that, or anything close, was his rookie year when he shot at nearly 16%, and scored 32 goals, by the way. He scored 35 this year, um, he's a number one penalty killer. I, I think he's up for the Selkie this year as well, just just to throw a few more accolades along the way. But Brett mentioned that Jeff Carter is probably the reason why L.A. wins this series. Anytime you have a chance to reunite the 70s line, and they will do it a few times in this series, is a real difference maker and a extremely good possession hog as well. And Vegas doesn't quite have that right now. We don't know what Riley Smith's health is going to be like for this series. See, if, if Riley Smith was 100% going into this series, guys, I'd be honest. I would probably be picking Vegas. Um, but this is, a, this is going to be a good, fun war to watch. I expect a lot of momentum shifts. But I do have the LA Kings winning this series in seven games in Las Vegas. Well, all right. Uh, so, Steve, uh, are you in on the Vegas train or no? Well, for a team that's never made the playoffs before, they sure don't lack confidence. I mean, Carlson's a 40-goal scorer. March is so prone, and Smith have all surpassed 50 points this year. They've got a daunting home record in that dreaded, quote-unquote, Vegas blue on their side. But I'd be foolish to count the Kings. Like, they've won two Cups since the start of this decade. Uh, Dustin Brown, Kopitar, like you said, bounce-back campaigns for all of them. 
Jonathan Quick just took home the Jennings Trophy after spending most of the year on the team's IR um, a season ago. You look at Tyler Foley and Toffoli and Tanner Pearson, they can provide a lot of scoring punch. Um, and you also look at Marc-Andre Fleury, like the question before, you know, all of this, before he went to Vegas, before he stepped in and helped out the Penguins in his final year, was can he deliver in crunch time? Can he be a playoff goaltender? And for many years after they won that cup in 2009, the answer was no. So that's the big question. Can he be that playoff goaltender? And I think if if he can, Vegas stands a good chance of winning this series. Um, and I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I'm a sucker for a good storyline. <laughs> and I don't think the storyline's going to end. I think Vegas in seven. I would not be surprised if LA wins, but I'm taking Vegas here. Yeah, I'm... This is like a tough one for me. I think this might be the toughest series to try to predict because, as Chris was saying, is like we don't know what Vegas is gonna, you know, be like in the playoffs, and you know they could continue on and be as good as they have been all season, or they could falter because this is the playoffs. It's a different animal. Um, so, and then you know the fact that just because of all the, you know, Chris may have swayed me. Um, <laughs> you, you have that effect on people, I guess, Chris. But, um, the, uh, I guess the, uh, I guess it all comes down to the goaltending and if Marc-Andre Fleury can be, um, the person he was at the beginning of the playoffs last year. Um, if you remember, he, he basically carried the Penguins for the first two rounds. Um, so... Yeah. And then there's, you know, there's also that aspect of, you know, back to the Kings. You know, they don't, they're, they're one of those teams that's like the Penguins that, um, you know, you can never really count them out in the playoffs. I know they don't have Daryl Sutter anymore on their, as their head coach, but um, they've managed to pick it up and um, actually, like, be a scoring team, um, especially now that they have Kopitar and Carter who have, who have been, you know, this seems to be like their career year kind of thing, even though Carter, I guess Jeff Carter's season was cut short um, a lot. So there is that aspect of things where um, I'm not sure if you can really count out the LA Kings, um, and I'm also not sure if you can really count out the Golden Knights. Um, so I'm going to, uh, this is tough. Think this could be like a game seven overtime that decides it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't know. I feel like the, I hate giving predictions, guys. But <laughs> um, well, you're not betting on anything. Yeah, so. I know. Well, I do have the Bruins winning the Stanley Cup, but yeah, that I don't have any odds on this. Um, but uh, uh, all right, I'm gonna go with. Alright, uh, fine. The Knights. Um, <laughs> let's go with the Knights in seven. Um, okay. I don't know. I feel I feel bad about that one because I feel like the, the Kings might win that one, but we'll see. Um, San Jose um, and Anaheim is our last series we're going to cover. Um, 
this is, you know, it's kind of funny because I thought San Jose season was kind of over um, just at the start because um, I was like, oh, they're too old. They're not good anymore. And then all of a sudden they start, like, winning all these games and Evander Kane kind of was this revelation at the trade deadline. I thought that was a stupid move, but it looks like Evander Kane has been pretty good. Um, he has 14 points in 17 games and... I'm just like, oh, okay, maybe they have a shot. Um, you know, they, they you know they don't they might not have Joe Thornton in the playoffs, but I I, th- I don't know the latest. Does anyone know the latest in Joe Thornton? Yeah, uh, not in front of me, no. Okay, uh, I thought maybe you guys knew offhand, um, but um, I can look this up while I Thornton Thornton is out right now for game one. Maybe available later in the series. Okay. Um, and then you also have like Brent Burns and Joe Pavelski who are also old and I wasn't really necessarily sure. But then at the same time you have a guy like Logan Couture, um, who's, who's not like so old, but he's, you know, he's been pretty good. Um, he has 34 goals, 61 points, Thomas Hurdle, um, the famous guy who, uh, scored four goals in the, uh, opening day a couple of years ago. Um, oh, you mean Teenage Mutant Ninja Hurdle? Yeah, him. <laughs> um, he has been good. Um, he has 46 points in 79 games. Kevin LeBlanc um, has been pretty good, 40 points. Um, you know, Timo Meyer, um, 36 points 81, in 81 games. Uh, Junis Donskoy, 32 points. Uh even like a guy like Mark Edward Velasic, um, who's a defenseman. I mean, I know he's he's pretty old, but um, he's he's been uh, he's been you know he's usually the defensive defenseman guy, but now he has thirty two points in eighty one games. And I should mention that Brent Burns, um, who's the leading scorer, and we thought that he had a he had a bad first half to say the least, but now it seems like he picked it up. Um, he has 67 points in 82 games. Joe Pavelski has 66 points. So, um, you know, it's not it's not as scary in terms of offense compared to other teams. But, you know, they, they definitely have some weapons, to say the least. Um, and then you have Martin Jones, who has a 9.15 save percentage and a GAA of 2.55 with a winning record of 30 um, 22 and six. Um, so, um, so there's that. And then, uh, they're going to face off against the Anaheim Ducks. Um, with, uh, you have a guy like Ricard Raquel, who has 69 points in 77 games. Ryan Getzlav, who's, who's always good. 61 points in, uh, 56 games, um, which is kind of incredible. Corey Perry, who is the who used to be the Brad Marchand of the league, and then it seems like he's cleaned up his act a bit. But um, he has 49 points in 71 games, um, and then you also have guys like Jacob Silverberg, Andre Cache, um, even a guy like Adam Henrique. Um, 30 uh, Henrique has 36 points, Silverberg has 40, and uh, Cache has. I think that's how you pronounce his name, 38 points um, in 66 games. Um, and then um, and then in terms of goalie, I know uh, John Gibson has been unbelievable, um, exp- particularly because the Ducks didn't have Ryan Kessler, Getzlav, 
Um, a lot of their defensemen were injured for a majority of the season, and then it seemed like John Gibson was still like really good in that time span. Um, he has a 9.26 percentage, a GAA of 2.43, and a winning record of or a record of 31, 18, and seven, um, which is kind of unbelievable when you think about it compared to like. There was a time when the Ducks basically were just an AHL team because uh, they didn't have Getzlaff, Kessler, as I just mentioned, and uh, I think a couple of other players that um, that were out. So um, it seems like the Ducks are kind of hot in the right moments, but we're going to start with uh, Steve first to preview this uh, this matchup. Well, at one time it looked like home ice was almost assured for the Sharks. Instead, they slightly stumbled following an eight-game win streak, and now they have to start their first-round series in the pond instead of the Shark Tank. And you you take a look at the Ducks and what they've had to go through this year. Brian Getzlaff, injuries aside, he's recorded nine 60-point seasons, the most out of any Ducks player in franchise history. Um, nothing short of spectacular has John Gibson been this year. And when he hasn't been in the net because of injury, Ryan Miller's done a bang-up job uh, behind him in the plan B spot. And when you look at what San Jose's been able to do um, without Martin Jones in the lap, when Aaron Dell's been called upon, he's been a pretty good option for them as well. But he doesn't have that veteran experience that Ryan Miller does. And when the Sharks have done a tremendous job with the addition of Evander Kane, I just think the Ducks have that slight offensive edge based on a couple of things. First off, Andre Kasha and Jakob Silverberg. They just bring um, a lot of quickness and speed to their game, and uh, they've been huge for them uh, late in the season. It's going to be a very tight series. No matter who wins, it's going to go to Game 7. But I think Anaheim's just been battle-tested. They have uh, the guys that have been through uh, the trials and tribulations of the playoffs. Not saying the Sharks don't because, you know, a couple of years ago they went to the finals. But Nashville, or, or not Nashville, Anaheim has had some unfinished business for a while because they lost to Nashville in the Western Conference Finals last year. You better believe that's still in their minds right now. You better believe they want to go to the finals and maybe get some payback along the way if they have to go through Nashville. I think Anaheim. I think Anaheim's going to get it done in seven games. I think it's going to be tight, but I think the Ducks prevail here. Uh, Chris, what is your thoughts on this series? All, all year, I have hated Martin Jones with a passion. I, I, I have written about how he has sunk many a fantasy hockey team into the ground. Um, He's on mine too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, believe me, it's all. It's all I hear from people. It's like, I can't believe how bad this guy is how inconsistent this guy is and and yet for some weird reason and i don't know why the san jose team confounds me to death not only because they did open open handily try to help new jersey miss the playoffs um and basically said it at so many words during a certain broadcast uh, that peter DeBoer was trying to help bob bugner in the worst way imaginable um this being said, this series, the only way San Jose wins a series is if that if that power play and Kanan Pavelski absolutely create total havoc against Anaheim. It's the only way they win. 
They, they, they need that top line to literally be just lights out. And if they're anything less than lights out, they, they just cannot overcome Anaheim's depth. Um, let, let's be honest. The Ryan Kessler line is bupkis. There, Kessler has been crap all year. He, he's, it's going to be probably next year before he even fully looks like the Ryan Kessler that we remember. So that's out. That, that's the one line you attack. It's the Kessler line. Because basically his line mates have had to pick up the slack for him all season long. So, um, that, that's one thing. And you, you consider how good John Gibson has been. By the way, Gibson practice has been practicing for the last few days. So this is good news. Uh, it, it does look like he could be ready to go for game one. And it doesn't really matter who you have in net for Anaheim. It's still a slight, it's either a slight advantage or a really big advantage over San Jose's goaltending. Um, San Jose's penalty kill has been pretty damn good over, over the last uh, third of the season, but there's just too much depth from Anaheim. And again, if, if Fowler comes back 100%, I, I'm not worried about Kevin BX. It just people don't even – no, no, just no, not going to happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anaheim is a much better team without him at, at this point. But Anaheim's depth is just a little bit better than San Jose's. And in a series like this, if I have Anna, Adam Henrique as my third-line center – and I'm going against the likes of San Jose's bottom six. I'm taking that matchup all day, every day, and with the month of, month of Sundays. It's going to be a very close series. It's going to have a lot of back and forth. And one goaltender will probably get injured. Because it just seems inevitable. It can't, it can't be a Battle of California series without a goalie injury. Especially so, considering that Gibson and Jones get injured all the time. Well, exactly. In particular, yeah. Gibson in particular, and even even Ryan Miller to an extent. So nothing is safe. Um, I do think that you know this go this does go seven. It goes seven mostly again because of that first power play unit of San Jose uh, being as good as they've been since the Vander Kane was acquired. However. This could be a this could be a series that ends on a very familiar note for Devils fans from 2012. Henrik, it's over. <laughs> Anaheim wins at seven. With it, and you're calling Adam Henrik to get the game winner. Yep, I, I figure it, you it, went it the makes extra perfect step. sense. Do you think it's an overtime winner? I think it is. All right, you went the extra step there. Um, I went the extra step. Uh, <laughs> well, he's done it before. He's done it before, so he's done it sure. a few yeah. times before. He hasn't done it just once. He's done it a few times before. Well, in, in a game seven, I know he did it against Florida, but I think in the Rangers series it was, it was game six. six, right? It was a game yeah. six. Yeah. Um, Still dramatic, nonetheless. I um, yeah, I I feel like I well I've made the every one of my predictions has been um, towards the favorite. Um, or the the team that's going to have home home ice um, for the most of the playoffs um, in the first round at least, um, but uh, it's 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 kind of like in this case, I feel like it's tough to say 
to pick on the Sharks. Um, and I do, I think the Ducks are going to, I mean, I did mention this when I started this whole thing. I, I find that jo- John Gibson's been impressive this entire season, considering that, you know, they had a, the Ducks had a ton of injuries uh, this season um, to start. And, um, you know, he still kept them in games and kept them in contention and all that. And now, and now they're in second place in their, in their division. Um, and they're, you know, they're pretty hot right now. So, um, I'm going to find, yeah, I think it's going to be the Ducks. Um, I don't have too much confidence in the Sharks, um, just for their, like, you know, I I don't necessarily like their whole mix of players. Um, however, I couldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if they do make it, you know, if they do win. Um, but I think the Ducks, um, have this, uh, series, but I'm going to say in six and not in seven, um, the Ducks in six. Um, and this is, this goes, um, only if John Gibson is healthy. Um, if Gibson isn't healthy, then I think, um, I think the Sharks might actually win. But um but yeah, it's the uh the shark, uh the the Ducks and Six would be will be my final prediction in that sense. Alright, so uh let's uh so let's do uh who's going to uh, for now that we've previewed all four or all eight series, um let's do a final thing of who's going to make the Stanley Cup finals and who's going to win and in how many games. So um, I guess we we keep on I keep on going with Chris first, then Steve first. So let's go with uh, Chris now. Uh, Chris, who who's your Stanley Cup final pick and um, and winner? Okay. Uh, God, I hope I'm wrong. Um, I, I I hate I hate to repeat what I did last year, but I did predict the I predicted these two teams from the start of the playoffs, and I actually got it right. So why ruin it? Good thing. Um, I have Nashville uh, going up against Pittsburgh, uh, but this time uh, this year I have Nashville winning in, in seven games uh, behind a beautiful Philip Forsberg hat trick in game seven. Interesting. All right, uh, Steve. I wonder if that game seven is going to be on a Tuesday night, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um,. I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going to stick with my original prediction. I'm going to say the Leafs are going to make the finals. Well, They're going to go up against Nashville, which I also predicted. And I still think Nashville is going to win. I can't remember how many games. I think I might have said six. But it, it would be really entertaining to see the Toronto Maple Leafs lose the Stanley Cup final to P.K. Seaman. Oh, wow. That would be just so amazing. That'd and I hope awesome, it happens, yeah. Nashville in six. And uh, you know what? That insult to injury, PK scores the winner in that game. <laughs> of course. Win. Yeah, I think I think that would be Bruins. If if the Bruins were to lose and then Toronto were to go into the Stanley Cup Finals, I think all Bruins fans would be happy if PK Subban just uh, crushes their dreams in that sense. Um, do you think? Do you think if the if the Bruins lose to the Leafs, the Leafs go to the finals? Uh, no, I don't actually. I'll I'll get to okay. it. But right. I 
See, as a Bruins fan, P.K. Subban is now my favorite player. So if in, in your scenario, it would not only crush Toronto's fans' dreams, but it would also crush Montreal fans' dreams, which, uh, which would be beautiful. So, um, so I'd, I'd be happy about that. If, if Boston can't win the cup, then I, I'm rooting for that scenario, Steve. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I know I went all like all favorites, as I mentioned before, um, in our eight series, but I, I, I I do want, and I did say that we were just doing the Stanley cup finals, but I do want to say that I think the capitals are going to make it past the second round and go to the conference finals, but they're going to lose to the Tampa Bay Lightning um, in the conference finals. Um, so the the Tampa Bay Lightning are in the Stanley Cup finals, and uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, I want to say Winnipeg gets um, gets in there, but um, I think it's it's tough to. Top Nashville, um, so I'm gonna say it's Tampa Nashville. Um, and the good news about that is because Tampa, the last time Tampa was in the Stanley Cup Finals, they lost. Last time Nashville was in the finals, they lost. So one team's gonna have to win um, yeah. this matchup, um, and I think uh, it's probably gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, I'll just be different because you guys picked Nashville. I'm gonna say Tampa. Um, Tampa in six. Um, um, so, uh, I mean, I know that, you know, Vasilevsky has fatigue and all that stuff, but um, I find that their depth um, in both offense and defense is um, incredible. And um, it, it, it's, it's just going to be uh, hard to hard to beat. Um, so I, th- I think they're going to be the winner. Um, but, yeah, so... Um, um, I think that's it, everyone. It, it feels feels crazy to believe uh, that we we went through this all. Um, I know you guys are listening to this on Wednesday, but uh, we we did our we did our we went about four hours um, uh, previewing this this playoff preview. So um, so that's that's certainly exciting, and we're kind of like washed out right now, or at least I am um, <laughs> tired. Uh, so, um, so yeah, uh, enjoy the playoffs, everyone. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter at Lace em Up um, or Lace Up Podcast. Um, our Facebook is Lace em Up. And, um, yeah, we're no longer on Fantrax Radio, as we mentioned last week. Um, and um, that's about it. Thanks, Chris, for coming on. Um, I'm Brett Duboff. I'm Steve Ellsworth. Thanks again, Chris. We'll talk again in episode 121 of the Lace Em Up podcast. Enjoy the playoffs, everyone. About Enjoy. to get real. Enjoy the playoffs. Uh, Chris, do you have any last words? Ah, uh, yes. Viva la playoffs. <laughs> <laughs>